Welcome to the Healthcare Marketing Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to providing effective marketing strategies for dentists, independent physicians, and multi-location medical practices. Far too many doctors struggle to establish their brand online and consistently increase their new patient appointments. Join Lamar Hull of MedRank Interactive as he interviews marketers, doctors, and healthcare professionals who share proven healthcare marketing secrets. Hey, Colin. Thanks for joining the Healthcare Digital Marketing Podcast. I'm super excited about this episode to really talk about you being a commercial real estate expert and uh, really helping a lot of physicians and healthcare providers um, maximize their profitability, um, especially when it relates to real estate. And I know you started, you know, your own firm um, back in 2009, and uh, it's a nationwide firm. So I'd love to kind of hear, you know, the story and your background and your experiences. But yeah, if you could just open up and just let everyone know who you are, where you're from, and, and give some context on, you know, all the business, uh, you know, strategies that you employ every single day. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. It's a privilege to be here. Uh, I grew up in Michigan and spent, uh, spent the majority of my childhood there. Uh, moved to Colorado in my 20s, and that's where I've been ever since. Uh, I took a little uh, different path to my career. I decided to uh, take a semester or two off before I went to college and then figure out what I wanted to do. And I started doing uh, real estate and property management when I was 19 and I got fascinated with it. So I stuck doing that. And uh, that's all I've ever done for my career is, is real estate. Uh, did property management for a few years. I got into brokerage in my uh, early 20s. And then uh, my path to healthcare was I, I started working originally for a bunch of large national retailers like Walmarts and Wendy's and groups like that, Blockbuster. Okay. Uh, and then I had the, the opportunity to work for a handful of healthcare providers and just loved working with doctors. I loved the fact that they, they cared so much about the result. It wasn't some asset manager out of Scottsdale that was going to do a hundred locations in a year. And, you know, there just wasn't a relationship there. The doctors and the, and the administrators I was working with, uh, they cared what happened. They were very thankful for the process and for the help. And I just, I really liked the personal relationship aspect of it. So 2009, I launched our company. Uh, the time it was called Car Healthcare Realty. Now it's called Just Car. And we have been representing healthcare tenants and buyers with their real estate ever since. And we're now, as you mentioned, national. And we have the privilege of helping a couple thousand healthcare providers every year with their commercial real estate. Wow, that's awesome, man. So just to kind of see your, your, you know, your transition from, you know, different positions to now your own firm that's, you know, successful and nationwide. That's awesome. And I think you mentioned at some point you're, because we're here in Charlotte, you're moving, you know, to the East Coast as well. Yeah, yeah, we have, we have a uh, several dozen agents that are in the Southeast. And we have a handful of agents that are in South Carolina, North Carolina, where you guys are located specifically. And we do we do a lot of transactions, a lot of volume in the that mid Atlantic and the Southeast area. All right, awesome, awesome. And, and as you're dealing with these contracts and dealing with commercial real estate, and especially uh, during COVID and all the craziness that we're going through, like what what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see a lot of these physicians and healthcare healthcare providers make um, in their real estate negotiations? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's there's several mistakes that we typically highlight. I'll start with one is it's the do-it-yourself mentality. Mm-hmm. 
you know, healthcare providers by nature are very intelligent people. The yeah. office managers, a lot of times are very intelligent as well. And there's this idea, well, I can just figure it out or do it myself, which is completely contrary to the industry. I mean, people come to healthcare providers because they want a heightened level of specialization. Right. It's no different in commercial real estate. It's not a matter of whether you can get a deal closed or not. Like that's, that's not the question. Anybody can get a deal closed. The question becomes, how much money did you leave on the table or how much money did you lose right. going, going up against a landlord or a, a listing agent that negotiates professionally for a living that has done hundreds or thousands of transactions. You do one, two or three in your entire career. Right. It, it's not going to be close. I mean, it's you know, the amount of money that's lost in that process. It's usually on the minimum side, tens of thousands. And it's typically several hundred thousand dollars that gets lost over a 10 year period. So I'd say biggest mistake health providers make is they try to do it themselves and it's a very costly endeavor. Yeah. To to that point, (laughs) Colin, it's so funny because obviously we work in the healthcare space as well. Uh, From a marketing standpoint, we'll see a lot of these doctors, uh, their office administrator or, you know, their office manager will be doing their marketing for them. And they're trying to, you know, manage the office (laughs) and trying to, you know, greet patients and, and, you know, create contests and help the doctor on certain other aspects of, you know, from a business standpoint. And to your point, like you have to have someone who is um, specialized in that, especially for uh, healthcare providers, because you want to, you want them to focus on what they're really good at, which is practicing and then allow, you know, the experts uh, to really help them uh, make business decisions as they grow their practice and start their practice. So definitely, definitely a, a very good point there. Any other mistakes you would see that, um, you know, that, that they, they make on a, on a consistent basis? Yeah, one of the top mistakes they also make is they, they don't create a real estate strategy. They essentially, they pick one property, they put all their eggs in one basket, they, they give away, they show the other side all their cards. And it's, I mean, again, you know, use a sports analogy. It's, it's like telling them, hey, listen, we're going to throw it at the tight end and we're going to throw it to him right at this location. Yeah. Just FYI. Or, Hey, listen, we're going to run a pick and roll on the right side. Here's where this guy's going to be. Here's where this guy's going to be. And, and they just, they telegraph the entire thing. They'll yeah. tell landlords things like, Hey, you know, on a lease renewal, they'll say, well, we don't want to move. We want to stay here. What's the best you're going to give us. Yeah. And <laughs> it, it just terrible, terrible mistakes or they start the process uh, you know, with three months left in the lease. And then they try to tell the landlord that they might move out. The landlord knows they're not going to move out. They, they're out of time. They don't right. have enough time to move. And so a lot of, a lot of healthcare providers, they, they communicate way too openly. You can't do that. Uh, you can't tell the landlord, you only have one property that you're looking at, or you don't want to move, or you have to purchase this building. You're in love with this building. And it's just, it's, it's a completely wrong approach. Yeah. When it comes to real estate, like anything else, if you're negotiating, you have to have multiple options. You have to have those options competing against each other. And you've got to be willing to walk away from the deal. And a lot of healthcare providers put themselves in a corner where they have no other options. The landlord knows it. They have no posture. And then they just get manhandled by the landlord because yeah. why, why would they reduce the lease rate if they know for a fact you're not moving? Like right. they're in it to make money. Right. You're exactly right. And so how do you guys come in and help them negotiate or have more favorable terms with their lease negotiation? So we start by helping the provider understand what their options are. If they're in a current space for lease or that that's leased, we let them know, Hey, listen, if you want to purchase real estate, 
here's the options you'd have to buy an office condo or a building. If you want to buy a piece of ground and build your own facility, here are what your options are. Here's what they would cost. And then here's how they compare to your current lease situation. And then we look at other options for them to lease as well. And we tell them, listen, uh, how do you know if what you have right now is a good deal? The right. only way you do is if you compare it to other properties. And so what we'll do is we'll go to the market, show them all their top options, lease options, purchase options, office, retail, whatever makes sense, whittle that down to the top three or four properties. And then we negotiate simultaneously with, with multiple landlords and sellers because in commercial real estate, it's on a non-binding basis. Yeah. I'll jump around a little bit, but residential real estate, you pick the house you want, you submit a contract. Once the seller signs it, you're under contract. It's a binding document. Right. In commercial real estate, it's, it's non-binding. You negotiate on what's called a letter of intent or a request for proposal. And so that allows you to go back and forth with three or four different landlords. And then if you go three or four rounds with three or four landlords, you're not going to wonder if you left money on the table. Right. You're not going to wonder, I wonder if I could have got a better deal. And then if you're in a current lease situation and that landlord is not being competitive compared to other landlords in the market, you now have the leverage to say, listen, like that deal is not going to work and here's why. Yeah. And then it becomes a factual negotiation versus uh a barter or just a situation where you're literally begging them. Would you please lower my lease rate? Would you please give me free rent? Landlords are going, why would I do that? <laughs> they have actual ammunition now to say, here's why, because three other landlords are willing to do this. And if you don't do that, I'm going to give you a vacant space back. And then you can lose rent on the space with the vacancy for the next two years. Wow. That's awesome. So you guys handled those conversations for them? We handle all the conversations for them. Absolutely. And really, you know, again, whether it's us or any other, other, you know, advisor or real estate agent, the, the doctors should not be talking to landlords about the real estate. Yeah. They have no posture. The landlords know that they don't know what they're doing and it just puts them in a compromised position. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense for sure. So again, you're back to the, uh, the point I made earlier in the, in the show was, you know, you really help a lot of these doctors, uh, you know, increase their profitability or, or have a better, have better margins when it comes to leasing or purchasing. So when you like, what does it look like if you're, if they're going to renew a lease, how much money are you able to help them save? Or if you can give those type of those numbers, yeah. we'd love to kind of understand how, how you're able to help them save on their lease agreements or lease renewals. Yeah. So almost every lease has a built-in annual increase or an escalator in there. And so you start at $20 a square foot, year two is going to be $20.60. And you know, they, they go up by 2%, 3%, 4%, whatever the number is, almost every lease has an annual increase in it. Yeah. Well, what happens is those increases outpace inflation. And what happens then is you get a doctor that's been in the space for seven or 10 years, and that lease has gone up every single year. And that lease then, when it comes time to renew, is typically several dollars a square foot above the market lease rate. Yeah. The market goes up, but the lease rates go up faster. Right. If you don't have a strategy to renegotiate that lease, you're going to end up renewing a lease that is usually well above market. And that's where you can lose, you can lose $100,000 uh, immediately if you sign a bad lease renewal. What we do is we go to the market, find all the options that make sense for the doctor, we help them evaluate, you know, purchase versus lease, leasing versus leasing. And then we help them negotiate multiple other properties. At that point, they know if they want to move what it costs, they know if they want to purchase what it costs, and then they can have the ammunition for us to go back to their current landlord, 
to where we're not going to accept an inferior deal. We're not going to take a deal mm -hmm. that's worse than you'd offer a brand new tenant if this space goes vacant. And right. when we do that, it's very common that we save the doctors $100,000, $200,000 over the next 10 years. And then the beauty is the doctor has been accustomed to paying that higher lease rate. They now have an immediate savings. They now get a free rent package. They get money to improve their space. And then they can take that money and they can reinvest it in a number of areas. They can invest it in, in marketing and growing the practice. Yeah. They can invest it in hiring and training better staff, uh, you know, investing in, in new forms of technology, capital equipment. And they take the money they've been spending every month on their, their real estate. They put it back into growing their practice. And then they have uh, an amplified uh, growth pattern moving forward. Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, you know, I think if, if a doctor's listening to this podcast, that makes sense, right? Like they should not be negotiating. Uh, they should be focusing on, you know, what they do best and then having someone like, like your team really help them save money to be able to invest that back into their business goals or business needs. Um, so essentially like from what I heard was, you know, being able to save them hundreds and, and uh, 200,000s of dollars every year. So you're, you're increasing their net, their net worth essentially. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with the savings and let me, let me break down the numbers because sometimes when people hear, you know, hundred, $200,000, they go, well, that seems a little extreme or I, you know, I don't, I don't think it's realistic. So let's look at the numbers. Okay. You know, you know, an average medical practice is in, you know, four or 5,000 square feet. There's practices that are in 2000 square feet. There's practices that are in 20,000 square feet, but you know, 5,000 square feet is a pretty standard size medical office. If you get into a, a lease and it increases every year over seven or 10 years, it's very common for those leases to be three or $4 a square foot above market when it yeah. comes time to renew. So if you're in 5,000 square feet and you're overpaying by $3 a square foot, that's $15,000 a year in excess rent that you shouldn't have paid if you knew what you were doing or had a real right. strategy. Well, $15,000 over the next 10 years is $150,000. And then on top of that, that's just one item. It's very common to get free rent, even on a, a renewal. And you yeah. say, well, why is that? They'd give a brand new tenant free rent. Why wouldn't you get the same deal a brand new tenant would get? Right. If you're in 5,000 square feet and you miss out on three or four months of free rent, that could be another 30 or $40,000 very quickly that you just lost out on. Right. So now we got $150,000, we got 30, $40,000 in free rents. On top of it, you have to put money back into your space to improve it. If the landlord doesn't give you the allowance to do that and you have to pay for yourself, you might borrow another thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars just to redo flooring and paint on a five thousand foot space. Yeah. And then you start talking about annual increases and other aspects. We're we're well north of two hundred thousand right now. And and again, there's still other areas to capitalize. And then one more one more layer of this, if you bill a dollar, you don't keep a dollar. Yeah. And so if you pay an extra hundred fifty thousand dollars in your lease that you shouldn't have paid or if you could have avoided, that might be a, literally $800,000 or a million dollars of production that you have to produce just to pay that, that bill. So right, right. It, it, it adds up really quickly. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And like, I guess when it comes to like leasing or purchasing, how do you, like, I know every case is different. How do you help them come up with the best strategy for that? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, the first, the first aspect is, are there any available properties that meet your requirement? Some areas you could buy, there's several buildings for sale. There's land available. If you're in a really dense area, there could be no options for sale currently. So that's the first thing is, is there anything available that, that meets your requirement that you could even purchase? 
most of the time there, there are options, but there are some scenarios where, hey, if you need to be within a one mile radius of this downtown area, there could be nothing available for sale. Yeah. So first question is, are there any available options for sale? The next thing is, do you like any of those properties? Sometimes there's properties for sale, but you just, there's no way you put your practice there. Right. Uh, if you can, if you can check both those boxes, yes, there's properties available. Yes, I like them. Then we get into the economic considerations and we start looking at it uh, in, in three or four main areas. Number one, can you afford it just from a monthly check cutting process? If, if the option to lease is 10,000 a month, the option to purchase is, you know, 10 or 12,000 a month, great, you keep moving forward. If the option is 10,000 a month at least, the option to purchase is 35,000 a month, you know, you have to ask yourself the question, can I even afford to cut this check? Right. If you clear that hurdle, then you move on to the idea of what am I gonna pick up in tax deductions? Mm. When you own, you get to depreciate the asset, you pick up additional tax deductions, the mortgage interest expense, other areas that you don't get those deductions when you lease. And so all of a sudden, that puts you in a scenario where you could pay more for a purchase yeah. and you could then get a lot higher tax deductions monthly or quarterly. And even if you pay more upfront, it could actually end up costing you less uh, on, an, on an effective basis. Oh, same thing like you know, leasing or purchasing a house. Right. You can afford to pay more for a, a mortgage because you get all these deductions, which puts your effective cost of owning less than if you rented. Yeah, yeah. The last area is principal pay down. If you do a standard, you know, 15, 20 year loan in commercial, which is standard, residential is typically 30 years, commercial is 15 to 20 years typically. Yeah. And you have a payment of maybe 10,000 a month, you know, four to 6,000 per month could be going to pay down principal, which means your net worth increases every month by four to $6,000. So every month that you cut that check to your mortgage lender, your net worth could be going out by four, five, six, you know, 10,000 a month, depending on your payment. And that's a, that's a really phenomenal way to, to build an additional asset and to increase your net worth. Oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, you know, I think that's so important because um, especially with like, so I guess with you guys, are you working with more startups, kind of existing uh, practices, more acquisitions? Like where do you find yourself helping them negotiate lease versus purchase? So we, we, are, uh, we are everywhere. We are everywhere across the board. We have hundreds of doctors that we're helping to do startups right now. We have hundreds of doctors that we're helping to acquire practices and we have everything in between. Um, I think right now, I think we have over I think 2,400 active clients that we're doing deals with as we speak. So it, it's across the board. Um, wow. there, are, there are still a lot of startups happening even in the midst of COVID right. uh, because those, those doctors are realizing, hey, I'm not going to be open for nine or 12 months. I find the location, we negotiate, get a lease, get the loan and then actually go through the build out, it's going to be nine or 12 months before they're open. Right. And, and then established doctors, if your lease is coming up for renewal, you can't not address it. You have to deal with it. And so, you know, whether you're thriving or whether, you know, you've been challenged because of COVID or anything else in the past that's happened with natural disasters, stock market crash, war, election, there's always things going on that disrupt industries and disrupt right. the economy. That, that's a standard. That's a constant you just, you still have to do the best you have, uh, the best you can with what you have right now. And so right. anywhere, any, anytime you have a commercial real estate transaction, you have the ability to capitalize, whether you're at the top of your game or you're being challenged, there's always an opportunity to capitalize and, and get the best terms possible. Right. And, and Colin, really good points there. Do you ever see a doctor, for example, he's in a lease and for whatever reason, the negotiations are not going well? 
and the recommendation is to, you know, jump into another lease somewhere else. Do you see a lot of pushback from the doctors that are like, well, my patients know that I'm here. And if I go there, then I have to like, you know, increase my marketing or do something different to get that, you know, patient flow to that new, that new home where, where the practice is located. Like, are yeah, you, that's a, I mean, deal with that? yeah, that's a common concern. People say, well, it's easier not to move or everyone knows that I'm here. <clears throat> the reality is this patients get excited about going into a newer facility. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not talking about going from a nice facility into a, you know, uh, a poor facility or a below market facility or, or a facility that's not done very nicely. We're talking about going from a, a wherever you are now to an upgrade, okay. like a newer build out, newer finishes, better ergonomics. And that typically creates increased internal referrals. It's, it's a new talking point for the doctor. The patient comes into the newer facility, the doctor, you don't raise your fees to offset the cost. You, you get them into the newer facility. If you raise fees in the future, that's a different subject, but you get into the newer facility and the patients come in there and it's going to be, it's going to be nice. It's going to be clean. It's going to be fresh. Yeah. And it gives us something to talk about. And there's a lot of different groups that track these statistics, but um, the average, the average increase of internal referrals, which relates into increased revenue is around 18 to 20% in the first year alone. Wow. when a healthcare provider goes from an average or older facility into a nicer, newer facility. That's awesome. And then that compounds further. So you take, you take a newer location, uh, your staff is going to be more excited. Your staff's going to have more confidence. Uh, case acceptance goes up depending on the industry that you're in or the specialty you're in. Yeah. And then you get staff that's more excited to come to work. You get more internal referrals. You get a higher acceptance rate. There's a lot of positives and a lot of reasons why upgrading makes sense. Yeah, that, that definitely makes sense for sure. It's a, it's a mindset thing and just having a good understanding of the, you know, the community, community that they'll, they'll be involved with, but also uh, the other opportunities around them for referrals, as you mentioned. Um, like, I guess with, even if they transition to another uh, office space or you're helping them purchase a new space, like what, what's the conversations about paying extra for high, higher visibility? Yeah, I mean, we don't ever want someone just to waste money to waste money. There's got to be a reason that you're spending the money. But the reality is, uh, you know, you've got to weigh the options. Do you want to spend more money for increased visibility and exposure? And do you want to look at that as a marketing aspect? Or would you be better off to not spend as much in a high visibility location and still get into a very nice property, but maybe take the money you save by not going to high visibility and then put that into target targeted marketing that goes after your specific uh, ideal patient. Yeah. And that's a great way to do it. I mean, the reality is if you pay more for increased exposure, you can never turn that off. That, that increased rent you're paying is there every month. You're not going to get away from it. Another scenario is maybe you pick a really nice facility, but it's not quite as high visibility, high exposure typically means it's going to be, be a lower lease payment. And then if that's the difference of two or 3000 per month, put that into target marketing. And the beauty is you can turn it on or off anytime you want. You can tweak it, you can adjust it, and it gives you more flexibility. So people sometimes say, well, you know what, I'm going to do both because I want to grow my practice and both are effective. Other times people say, you know what, I like the idea of having more flexibility with a lower lease payment and then taking that money and putting it into something specific. Yeah, those are, those are really good points. And I think, you know, from a marketing perspective, uh, high visibility or non-high vis high visibility is really just, your, to your point, your marketing efforts. So if you have a website, um, you're marketing it on Google, 
you have an address, you're showing up for your targeted keywords for when someone searches for dentists in Colorado or wherever. If you're showing up and you have a, a solid reputation um, where people can see what others are saying about your practice, they, they'll be able to find you. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's clear, you know, using uh, Google Maps or some kind of GPS system, but then also you can take that money that you're saving on your, your uh, property or from your property's lease or purchase, um, you know, budget every month to be able to use that for offline marketing too. So our focus is always, you know, online marketing, but if you're, if you have signs out, you know, if you are branding on the radio or, you know, in your local newspaper and you're, you're in community uh, events, but you're also very visible online because that's where most people are, they're going to find you. So it, it definitely makes sense to, to be able to save money, um, you know, in any way possible, but then use, using that money in targeted ways to uh, attract your targeted customers. Um, so that's awesome. awesome. Well, Colin, I appreciate all the insights, man. This has been amazing. Um, I can tell your firm is, is, is very um, good at what they do just by the language and the context that you provided with this podcast. If there was a doctor or a physician or a healthcare provider listening to this episode now, like what, what would be that one bit of advice that you would give them as a, as a you know, takeaway from this episode? Yeah, I would say make sure that you start your transaction at the right time. Don't start too early. Don't start too late. And then when you do start, hire professional representation. Let someone take you to the market. Let them invest dozens of hours of their time in the research and due diligence. Let them handle all the confrontation and conflict that's going to be inherent with the high dollar negotiation. It's always going to be there. And let them, let them advise you and navigate you. Treat real estate the same way that your patients treat, treat your relationship. They come to you because you're the expert. They could self-diagnose. They could try to figure it out themselves. They come to you to take care of issues. They come to you from a preventative standpoint. Let someone advise you in the same way. And if that happens and it's, it's someone who's qualified and, and can help you at a high level, the results are probably going to be literally tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars back in your pocket and back in your favor. And you'll be very glad that you got that help. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, if you, I mean, it's, 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 it seems very simple. If you want to save money, um, improve, improve your worth and be able to use that targeted uh, information to uh, put your money elsewhere where it can work for you, um, you definitely need to call Colin. Colin, how, if someone wants to reach out to you, how can they get in touch with you? And we'll also include uh, everything in the description as well. Okay, yeah. So our email address is car.us, C-A-R-R.us. And in the upper right-hand corner, you can click to find an agent. Uh, you can click your city, your state, and we, we have people that can get in touch with you very quickly. We also have a free lease evaluation. If you're in a space right now and you want to know how does my lease compare to the current market, what's changed since I signed my lease, if I want to purchase one of my options to purchase and how would I compare, um, our agents will do a very comprehensive analysis at no charge. And that's a phenomenal way to figure out how you compare to the market. And whether your lease is up in 12 months or it's up in four or five years, it doesn't matter. We'll give you that information. And then you're armed with, with data and facts that are going to help you uh, set the tone or pace or direction for your next transaction. Yeah. So, so that's, that's value in itself. So if it's just a, a free evaluation, it's well worth it. Um, well, thank you guys for listening, listening to the healthcare digital marketing podcast. Again, I'm Lamar with MedRank Interactive. This is Colin with Carr and uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for your time.